Do you have 10 minutes mm -hmm. to riff on why nonprofits should stop relying on government funding? Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be just a random podcast I throw in there someplace. Sure. Yeah. I was like, we didn't, I, just, I know I tie this in. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, it didn't fit. Um, yeah. And I think it's something really important to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Welcome to the Surviving to Thriving podcast that helps women leaders in nonprofits get out of survival mode and thrive in both leadership and life. I'm your host, leadership development coach, Kathy Archer, and I help women leaders enjoy impactful leadership. When I do my podcast interviews, I always get together with the person I'm going to interview ahead of time and we have a good conversation and we make sure we're aligned on our values and what we're going to talk about. And when I did that with Cindy Wegman, there was one little piece that came out that we wanted to talk about that we didn't actually cover on our podcast. And so I asked Cindy to stay on after so we could add a little extra around this piece because I think it's so valuable for you to hear. We in the nonprofit world often rely on government funding and Cindy and I both believe that perhaps it's time to change that mindset and so I want you to tune into a little bit of a rant that Cindy and I had around stop relying on government funding. So Cindy was on an earlier podcast and we were talking about changing our mindsets around fundraising. But one of the things that we wanted to touch on and didn't get a chance to was about this belief that we always have to apply for government funding. And Cindy and I both are like, ugh, around this topic. So we just wanted to riff on it for a minute. So tune in and just listen to how we're going to go about this. You want to start, Cindy? Yeah. So we're in Canada where there's this fundamental belief that the government should be our safety net and provide all the services that we require. And I don't disagree with that the government should be our safety net, but I also know that the nature of the government in a democracy is to uphold what's in the best interest of the status quo, like the, the majority and the status quo. And so for organizations that are doing transformative work, I actually don't know if government funding is necessarily the best source for you to be able to do all the things you want to do. But, well, and, yeah. and part of the challenge is government funding ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. It's cyclical. It's based on who happens to be in the, the lead at that moment. And so for my 30 plus years in the nonprofit sector, I've watched it go one side to the other and the, the pain and the agony that people go through. And every time things change, it's new forms and new expectations and how many times people have had to let staff go for the last oh. month because we don't know if we have more funding. No wonder we can't keep good staff. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, so the it's unreliable, but we think of it as a fundamental resource yes. that's always there. So, and this is what I see and it ties back to the conversation we had around reluctance to fundraise is that I think part of the reason we, we're so um, beholden to government funding is because fundamentally we don't want to ask anyone else for money. We don't want to do the work of fundraising, but we're really cutting ourselves off at the feet where we say yeah. like, this is not sustainable. The government money won't always be there. And certainly we're recording this 
still COVID at some point we're going to be in a position where the government is going to really constrict their spending because they've been just hemorrhaging money. Yeah. And so I I actually get really passionate about this when we talk about COVID recovery, because everyone, all these organizations who haven't wanted to fundraise, they've been like, oh, well, great. The government has all these COVID response things. There's wage subsidies, all this. It is going. And if you don't start fundraising now, your organization is going to be significantly at risk because fundraising does take time and it takes building relationships and doing the work. But we can't rely in good, good conscience. We can't rely on that government money for the long term. And what happens then is we get to that last end of the rope. Oh my God, we don't have any money. Maybe I should fundraise. But to your point, we've never built the relationships to fundraise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We think, yeah, we think it just happens overnight. It it doesn't. doesn't. But go back to so if you haven't listened to the podcast that Cindy and I did yet around reluctant fundraising, this really ties into the, the whole mindset piece. But we talked also about values. And so if I think about this government department is funding my organization, there's no guarantee that those people's values align with the mission of our organization. In fact, there's a good chance they don't. And so they couldn't care less whether they fund organization X, Y, or Z. They just want their numbers to balance. Mm-hmm. And so you're not getting support for your mission, you're getting a line item. And so it's really easy for the next person to come in and go, yeah, gone. Absolutely. And I mean, good fundraising, even if you're getting government money, you should be building relationships with those people who make the decisions. But as you said, those people have, there's turnover. Um, And you could walk in and you know, not have anyone who knows what you're doing or understands your work. And then of course, with a government change or a new mandate, all of a sudden you're not a priority. Your organization's work is not a priority. And it's, I mean, I think we've, I I know from this conversation, you and I have both experienced organizations that have had to close their doors or significantly reduce staff uh, and and consequently their impact because they've just been overly reliant on government and sometimes foundations too. Yeah. 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 I just, I think about, you know, I did a lot of work in the, with families and people with disabilities. And so, you know, you work for nine months to develop a relationship with a family who lives in rural Northern Alberta, remote center that you've had to, you know, travel across Muskeg to get to. uh, And you finally build a relationship with them. And then they cut that funding. So that worker disappears. Six months later, they're like, oh yeah, we should put some more funding in here. You hire a brand new worker. And now you're going to try and rebuild that relationship. Yeah. It it doesn't work. No. And, and Again, they don't get the value. They don't understand the mission of the work we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so instead of relying on government funding, what's the, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. So I want to, so in our sector, and certainly the way I was taught fundraising is this fundraising pyramid where you have the be all and the end all at the top, which are requests. And right below that are major gifts. And then below that medium gifts. And then you sort of work your way down to the broad base of giving. And 
this is what we're all taught. I think it's starting to change, but I don't believe in that pyramid. In fact, I believe in the inverse. I think an organization who has a strong fundraising program that is built around their community and the people who care about their work and mobilizes lots of people to give little amounts is actually the most stable and sustainable source of funding for an organization. Uh, yeah. And okay, I, I got to tell you just quickly, yeah. Wikipedia, every once in a while, I don't know if you notice it yes. up and asks for money. Mm-hmm. I signed up the other day for $3 a month. Yeah. It Wikipedia doesn't take a is lot. A huge nonprofit organization. Yeah. But what I love about that, and we'll use Wikipedia as an example, is they're asking the people who use yes. the work. Yes. And our, or our, our, um, sector, I don't know why I forgot that word. Our sector, uh, is very, we, we have this dichotomy in our minds around who gives and who receives. And I don't, I don't believe in dichotomies generally. I, my educational background has always been to deconstruct those, but I, my, I wrote this thesis almost 20 years ago about feminist fundraising. And one of the key, uh, arguments that I make, and I still believe now is that if we can engage the communities that we serve in giving, even if it's $3 a month, at the end of the day, we're accountable to them. Yes. They have control and power over the work that we do, not some crazy philanthropist or who doesn't understand our values or the government or whoever. And so I think that to me is the model. I mean, I don't want to be Pollyanna about it. I know that it's complicated and it takes time to develop, but at the same time, like to me, from a values perspective, that is one of the most powerful ways our organizations can really create meaningful change and sustain in a sustainable way. Yeah. Because you care about it. And because I use it, I go to Wikipedia all the time. Exactly. Maybe Google, maybe Google should start that system. <laughs> yeah. And if Wikipedia starts doing stuff, that's really offend, like not of your values, I their stop. community is going to yes. start withdrawing their money. Yes. And so they're, they are now accountable to make sure that they're doing the things that are aligned with their value in their community instead of making decisions around that align with some venture capitalist, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything else we want to say on stop relying on government funding? Stop relying on government funding. (laughs) I think that's it. Uh, Thank you for riffing on that with me. My pleasure. Oh, I could totally talk about that all day. This is like, <laughs> I love having these conversations because I feel like I've been whole, like, like I said, I've been doing this work for 20 years and I feel like it's finally like out and having conversations and yeah, it's really yeah. exciting. Stop relying on government funding. <laughs> if you found today's episode helpful, then you are going to love the training library. Many women leaders in nonprofits wish that they had a coach or a mentor to help them, but they don't believe that they or their organization can afford it. Oh, but you can. Inside of the Training Library membership site, you will not only get access to affordable and easily accessible ongoing personal and professional development training, you will also have access to a leadership coach at your fingertips. 
That way, when you hit those inevitable challenges that leadership will bring your way, you'll have both the resources and the support to navigate your way through them with confidence, composure, and while keeping your integrity intact. To find out more, head to kathyarcher.com slash library. If you are enjoying the show, I'd love it if you could leave me a comment or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Go make the rest of your day awesome.